You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing, church family? Everybody good? Yeah, let me hear you shout one more time. Give them some praise. I love it. I love the energy and the excitement that you guys are bringing week in and week out. Um, and, you know, again, it's just cool to be in the presence of God. I love, I love Sundays at my church, don't you? Uh, just to be able to come and get, I know, like, it's more than just about Sundays. And, uh, and you know what we believe? We believe that Sundays is probably not enough. And so we're just constantly trying to figure out, um, since, we, since we moved into this building from the end of 2017, now into this building, our church has doubled in size. And, yeah, it's crazy. Celebrate that. And just to be honest, we're kind of all freaking out a little bit because we don't want just to draw a big crowd. Like, that's never been our heart. We don't want to just be able to say, oh, we had 1,000 people Sunday because we didn't hear. When when we get to heaven, God's not going to say, how many people did you have? He's going to want to know what we did with the people he allowed us to have. Did we steward those lives that he put before us to minister to and to grow and to challenge and develop well? And so we're trying to figure out, all right, what do we do to help us continue to grow? And as our church gets bigger, how we make it feel smaller at times. Because, you know, as our church gets bigger, it's easy for you just to come in here, sit in that seat, and just kind of slip in and slip out. And nobody know you, and nobody know what you're struggling with, and nobody know all the difficult things that are in your lives, and nobody know the temptations that you're battling. And that's not a good thing. You can sit here every Sunday and not grow. Because God, church attendance is, is, God doesn't, it doesn't impress God. Come on, somebody. Like, he wants your attention all the time. And so we're, constant, we're, we're battling that. So would you, number one, just pray for our team? Because we're trying to figure out ways, all right, how do we get people out of these big crowds on Sunday morning and into some smaller environments where you can be known? And there's some of you like, I don't want to be known. Too bad. <laughs> you need to be known. Because you can, you can only be loved as much as you are known. And so uh, there's some things that we're just trying to come up with. You heard Jasmine mention several of those. Man, if you're not in a life group, find a way to get in that. And if you're saying, I'm struggling to get a life group, it's because we don't have enough right now. We doubled in size. So, like, and we, and we need to add some life groups. So if God has put that on your heart, and, and you know, Jasmine did a really good job. We don't, we're not looking for biblical scholars. We're looking for people that can just kind of run point and make sure that people get together and make sure that people are, are doing a little bit more than talking about the weather. And actually having some spiritual conversations. So if you're thinking, like, I can't lead a life group, I don't have the answers. Well, then I can't lead one either. Because neither do I. But we need some people that are willing to do that. So, man, if that's on your heart, stop and see Jasmine. We, right now, can I just say right now, we probably need 10 new life groups to launch within the next month. 10. 10. So there's 10 of y'all in this room today that God is putting that on your heart. And I pray that you'll answer that call. Another thing that you heard is... Um, we're going to give this a shot, uh, at least the, for the first, in the first Wednesday of March, Wednesday, March 7th, we're going to have what we call a day, day of prayer, where this building is going to be open from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and to, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. in the evening. So that's three slots, an early morning slot, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning, a lunch spot from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the afternoon, and then 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. in the evening. This is what we want to invite you to do. Come to any or all of those times. 
This building will be open. There'll be some music playing in here. We're actually going to have some, some prayer warriors in this room if you need somebody just to pray over you. If, if maybe you just are going through a tough time and, and you're struggling with some things and you just need somebody to come and lay hands on you and pray over you because that's a biblical thing that Scripture calls us to do. Amen? And so, or you just want to come and you know what, bring a journal, bring a Bible and just get away from work for a little while or get away from the craziness of your family and maybe you come in the morning, your husband comes or wife comes, your spouse comes at a different time, but just in one of those three or all of those three, come, this building is going to be open. We just want to leverage this building in more ways to do kingdom work. So mark your calendars. That's Wednesday, March the 7th, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then in the evening, 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. One of those time slots works for everybody in the room. Come on. So just come and pray and just allow God to just move in your heart. And there will be some volunteers here. They'll probably have probably our host team badges on so you can identify who those people are. Uh, if you just see a random person, you can ask them to pray for you. If they get uncomfortable, it'll be okay. But it's going to be just, and, and, we're, and we're also t- throwing some other ideas around. So just kind of stay tuned for these events because we don't want just to gather here on Sunday mornings. Because if we're going to go to the level of faith that we've been talking about over the last four weeks, Sundays will never be enough. Like this whole series has been about faith. We've been launching from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, where, where the writer of Hebrews gives us a definition of faith, gives us an idea of what faith is. So if you've ever wondered what it was, now after this series, you don't have to wonder no more. It's not grammatically correct, but it's good. You don't have to wonder no more. Because it says this, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This whole series, and I don't know where you landed when we started this series, where you were in your faith. There are probably some people that, like, we started this series and your faith was pretty strong. You've been doing the right things, and God has been moving in your life, and you've been doing the right disciplines to grow and stay connected to him and intimate with him. And we just came out of an awesome series called uh, Routine Revolution in the beginning of the year, and God's moving in your life. And, and, like, this has just been solidifying some things. But I got a feeling there's some people walked in, and your, your faith at best was hanging on by a thread. Anybody ever had seasons in your life where your faith was hanging on by a thread? Come on, somebody. If you're not raising your hand, you're either two years old or you are a liar. (laughs) Because we've all had them. Come on. We've all had experiences, man. Life life is hard. And and you know what? Faith could be faith would be consistent if we didn't have to live. Like if we just got to sit around in a box all day and not encounter people. And problems and issues, but we've all had those, those seasons. And, like, I, I, I just, I got to believe that there's some people, we started this series, and, and, and your faith was, like, on thin ice. And now it's still on ice, but the ice is a little thicker. Or maybe it's even more and more solidified. Because that's my desire for you is that you live by faith. That faith becomes the driving force behind your life. And I recognize how difficult that is. I know me saying, hey, you need to get to a place where you're constantly living by faith. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what life is throwing at you, no matter what you're going through at work or at home, no matter how good your health is or how strong your marriage is or how much money you have, like, you got to live by faith. And then I, I, but I also realized that, like, there are constantly being 
things being thrown at us that, that make that difficult to do. But the reason why this is so important, I'll read it again, is because of what chapter 11, verse 6 says. This is why we cannot get this wrong. This is why we have to figure this out. Because verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God. It's important then, amen? That's why this, this is such a serious conversation that we have to have. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone, anyone who comes to him, and aren't you glad that anyone can come to him? That it doesn't matter who you are or how broken you are or what color your skin is or, or no matter what is happening or happened in your life, that anyone can come to our God. That's good. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That faith leads to favor. That when we live in obedient faith, we get to experience God's extravagant favor. And I'll remind you once again, favor comes in many forms. Some of the church say amen. Faith comes in many forms. And if you don't get the, the fact that faith comes in many forms, when it comes in a form you didn't expect, like our man Joseph last week, we talked about Joseph, and faith can come even in the form of failure. Sometimes you can experience failure, and actually God's favor is in the failure. Come on. God's faith is in the failure. Joseph ended up in a prison, and it seemed like everything that he did, every step he took in faith to God ended up in failure because he ends up in pits and prisons. But even God's favor can be in the failure. When you walk by faith, God can do amazing things in your life. And that's what we've been looking at. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer gives us all these real life stories. And yes, these are not cartoon characters. The Bible is not a Marvel comic book. These are real people. Come on, you know that, right? Sometimes I think we read scripture, we read chapters like Hebrews chapter 11. It's like we're reading about Captain America and and Spider-Man and Superman and all these people that are somehow fictional comic book characters because they almost seem to have spiritual superpowers, didn't they? Because they did all these things like big build, big build boats and big build, build big boats and lead people in these crazy adventures. And it's almost like they're superheroes in some comic book and they're not real life people. They were real people. They were really no different than us. They were just as messed up as we are, had just as many crises of faith as we do. Like they, they were real people and they can give us real lessons that we can learn so that we can live by faith just as they did if we'll learn them and dig into them. And that's what we've been trying to do as we've been walking through this series, trying to embrace the unknown. Because at its core, the definition of faith calls us to embrace the unknown. And today we're going to look at one last character. We talked about Noah and how he had complete surrender without complete certainty. We talked about Abraham and how when you move forward in faith, you have to move away from something familiar. I still can't get away from that message personally. Anybody else like, like some things just stick in you when we're, when we're hanging out in here? Like walking away from, from familiar is the diff- most difficult part of moving forward in faith. And then, of course, Joseph, and that God's favor can even come in the form of failure. But today we get to one that probably you're most familiar with, Moses. So drop down to verse 23, Hebrews chapter 11, pick up with verse 23, and let's listen to what the Hebrew writer says about Moses. It says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Aren't you glad that there are people that believe in you before you can believe in yourself? 
that Moses' parents, even before he was old enough to talk or walk, he had parents who saw the potential and knew that God had a plan for his life. Some of us, we're only here because of parents who saw that in us and did the things necessary to protect and preserve us throughout the many years of life. That's why we're even still standing and breathing because they believed in us before anybody could or should have. I'm already preaching and y'all not with me yet. Okay, I just have to preach a little harder. Verse 24. So by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Once again, we see this grand story of faith. And I just want to unpack all that we just learned about Moses. Because just in these verses that the Hebrew writer gives us about Moses, gives us insight to what faith can really do for you. Because I feel like maybe the last few weeks, um, I haven't made faith appear very fun. But the reality is faith isn't always fun. But what I want you to, I want you to see here in Moses' story is the, the great exchange that you get when you, get, when you live by faith. Because when you walk by faith, you get to exchange something good for something greater. Can I say something maybe a preacher shouldn't say? Thank you. You can completely cut God out of your life and live a pretty decent life. You can have a pretty good life. If you're in here and you're still thinking, you can, you can move forward without God. You can never come back to this church another Sunday. You can never look at his word. You can never pray and have a pretty decent life by a certain standard. Some of y'all look at me like, preachers can't say that, Matt. You're can't, you can't, preacher, what are we here? What are we doing? You know what? We, we've all seen it. We've all watched it happen. But I'm going to challenge you to live by faith and exchange something good for something much greater. Something much greater. See, you, maybe you've heard me say, following God doesn't make your life easier. It makes your life better. I would actually submit to you that probably following God is going to make your life harder. Amen, church. Amen, testify somebody. But what you get to exchange when you live by faith versus when you don't is something more beautiful and powerful than you can understand until you live it. And that's exactly what the, what the Hebrew writer just showed us is Moses had the courage to make the exchange. And because he made that exchange, amazing things happened in his life. And I just want to point out a few quick things and then we're going to pray and we're going to let God do some work. You ready? Number, you ready? Number one, when you live by faith, you can exchange a label for an identity. When you live by faith, you can exchange a label for an identity. You see what it says in verse 24? Look at Hebrews eleven twenty-four. 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, that's a pretty good gig. 
Moses, remember, Moses' parents put him in a little basket and pushed him down a river, and he didn't end up in like a homeless shelter. He ended up in the palace of Pharaoh and basically was raised by Pharaoh's daughter like one. Y'all seen Prince of Egypt? (laughs) Raised by Pharaoh's daughter like Pharaoh's grandson, which means he had full run of the power. Remember, Pharaoh was the most powerful man in the known world at this time. Had all the riches and power and everything that you could think of at his disposal. And so Moses, growing up in that home, would have had the same attributes. And he could have spent his whole life under the label of Pharaoh's grandson. But you don't settle for Pharaoh's grandson when you can live as God's chosen. You don't settle for Pharaoh. As awesome as Pharaoh's grandson, as awesome as that label is, it pales in comparison to God's chosen. See, when you can live as God's chosen, you won't settle for Pharaoh's grandson. See, faith allows you to exchange a label for an identity. And let me just go and say, all of us have labels. They're unavoidable. And at their core, labels are not bad. Labels are a good thing. I love the labels that, that I get to have in this life. Man, when you hear your kids say daddy for the first time, especially when it's before they say mama, <laughs> it is great. If you're not a parent in the room, like I can't even describe to you. Like the, even to this day, my kids are now almost 10, and, and, and they're not as sweet as they were when they couldn't talk. But even to this day when I walk in and my, one of my kids says, hey, Daddy, it's like something just rings in my spirit, man. That's a beautiful label. Come on, parents, that's a beautiful label. Beautiful label. Or you know what, now as I'm out and about, man, and, 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 and I walk up to somebody in Walmart and they say, hey, Pastor. I say, who are you? <laughs> because I, I don't but no, but that, when, somebody, when, when somebody looks at me and calls me pastor, because I grew up in it, and I know how honorable that title is and meaningful it is to somebody's heart. And when, when somebody has, thinks enough of me to look at me and call me pastor, like that, that means a lot to me. Like, I, I, you know, labels are great. It's, a great. it's great to be a husband or a wife, a mom or dad, a pastor, a teacher, a, 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 a brother. A, like those labels are great, but be careful to allow them to be what define you. And so many of us, we, found, we find all our worth and all our value in our labels. Your label is not your identity. Come on. Let me tell you why. There's a lot of reasons. Because labels, number one, they shift based on your experience and position in life. Right? Some of us, some right now, you have, you have the label of boss, but one day you could get fired. I hope it don't happen, but it could. And when your identity is tethered to it, what are you going to do when it's taken away? What are you going to do when it's gone? The other thing about labels is they're limited to the expectations of others. Like, even, even when, when my kids call me daddy, that comes with a certain expectation of what they need from me, what they want from me. And as they get older, that continues to grow and get much more expensive. 
You think, we, we don't have enough money to have a baby. No, you don't have enough money to have a preteen. Because <laughs> they want iPhones and junk, okay? And that crap is expensive. Like those, lab- and th- those labels, they're, they're going to be tethered to those expectations from that other person. And there's going to be at times when, when, guess what? You can't meet those expectations, even when you, even when you want to. And when you can't, it's going to start to shape their idea of what that label they put on you means. And you're going to have to adjust. Your label, it's, it's also limited to your limitations. And so when you start getting in this place, I'm grateful for my labels, but I cannot allow them to be what defines me. And see, my, my identity only comes from God. And see, identity is connected to your calling and, and God's provision, not your, your limitations. That God gives you a calling. And the thing about a label, a label has to be earned. Guess what? An identity is something you get to receive from your Heavenly Father. See, every label you'll ever have, you, you'll have to earn it to a degree. Even the label of, of, of parent, you're going to have to keep earning that label in some way or form. But identity is something you receive from God. And when you finally get to the place where your identity is rooted in Him, life can throw all kinds of things at you. All kinds of stuff can be taken from you and lost. But when you know who you are and whose you are, it will be a game changer in your life. See, Moses, said, Moses could have spent his entire life as Pharaoh's grandson. And he gave that up because he knew that his identity was in God. He exchanged by faith a label for an identity, and it changed the course of his life. He could have stayed in that, that label, and that's, that's a good thing you need to understand, that pursuing your identity will be more risky than staying in your label. That's good. Pursuing your identity, walking in your identity, will be more risky than staying in your label. Moses had the courage to make that exchange. And it's easier to be who you've always been than to become who you were meant to be. And there's some people in the room that by faith, if you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to make this trade. You're going to have to make this exchange. See, you're still living by the label. Or here's what's happened is your whole life you've been looking for the right label. And what you found is every time you get the label that what you thought would give you the security and the sense of fulfillment that you desired, you got it and you realize, hey, this didn't do it either. You know how much of our lives we think, if only then, if only I could just have my driver's license and be able to drive and I'd have all this freedom, but now I got my license and I ain't got no job and I ain't got no money for gas and that car just sitting in the driveway. And don't come crying to Daddy, J-O-B. <laughs> or you think, you know what? When I get to this position, when I get this promotion, when I get to this place in life, and what you find is there's just no label that's going to do it. Because, see, God has created you for more than a label. And when you realize that Galatians 2.20 is so powerful. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself 
for me. You know what he's saying is, when I was crucified with Christ, I ripped off the label and I received my identity. Exchange a label for an identity. Second thing, exchange temporary for eternal. Exchange, when you live by faith, you exchange temporary for eternal. Hebrews eleven twenty five says, He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. See, notice what he said there. He chose to be mistreated rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. That Moses, by faith, chose to pursue the eternal rewards over the temporary pleasures. And when you live by faith, you'll, you'll make that exchange. So many of us we only live for the short game. We live for the momentary. Our culture, more than any other culture, we are so prisoners of the moment. Come on. We are, I mean, e- even when things like one little bad thing can happen in your life, like my whole life is terrible. It's so awful. Like you could, you could be having a great month. You wake up and ha- have one bad morning and the whole world is falling apart. My daughter is about to be 10, and as I said, I didn't think preteen started until like 11 or 12. Nobody told me this. But she, if you looked up drama queen in the dictionary, there should be a picture of Leah Smith. <laughs> like, baby, like every day, you know, when I pick them up, yeah, I have those normal conversations. Like, baby, how, how was school today? <sighs> What's the matter? So much Drama. I said, what happened? And you know what it usually is? It's like one thing that happened that at most was two and a half minutes of her day. And that two and a half minutes has shaped her entire perspective of her little bitty pitiful life. (laughs) And it's such a big deal. And see, y'all laughing, but some of y'all like a little 10-year-old. Come on. That, and these little temporary problems are keeping you from your eternal rewards. Because the temporary problems are getting the best of you. And it's most of the time because you give in to the temptations in the moment. Moses said that Moses refused to give in. He allowed himself to be mistreated because he saw the end game. And it was worth it for the eternal reward that was coming. See, faith chooses the consequences of obedience over the pleasures of sin. Faith chooses the consequences of obedience over the pleasures of sin. Now that phrase might seem weird to you, but you know there's consequences for obedience. Disobedience always costs you something, but so does obedience. And Moses was willing to make that trade because he knew That if he gave in, if he sat there and enjoyed the temporary, that it wouldn't be worth it. That the penalty would always last longer than the pleasure. He wasn't going to allow himself to give in. See, faith helps you see the the long-term effects that are tethered to the temptations that are coming your way right now. 
See, most of us, we give in to temptations in the moment because we don't see beyond the moment. And it's amazing what we sacrifice just for 30 seconds or 30 days or a year of pleasure because we don't look at the end game. But faith knows that what you're sacrificing in the short term will be worth it in the long run if you don't give in, if you don't follow that path. That The blessings of sacrifice are better than the pleasures of sin. And see, faith makes that exchange. We never, faith will never allow you to give in to the temporary to sacrifice the eternal. It allows you to see that long-term game. Temptation is something that you're going to struggle with your entire life. I think one of the biggest things I watch people discover when they come and they're new to faith, they think, oh, I'm going to find God, and tomorrow I'm not going to want to do that anymore. Like the desire for me to do the things I used to do are just going to be completely gone in an instant. Anybody, did that work? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know that didn't work for anybody. It, it, it doesn't work for anybody. But what faith gives you is a perspective. It doesn't necessarily change your desires all at once. It gives you a perspective because you know that thing that you used to do, what it's going to do to you, what it's going to take from you, what it's going to destroy in your life is not worth it. That what God has on the other side of your obedience will always be worth it. And I'm sorry, I know this may not be popular in our culture, but there are still things where God has drawn lines and said sin is sin. And it doesn't matter how much we move or how much we evolve as a culture, there are things that Scripture has deemed that are sinful for us, off limits for the people of God for a reason. And we've got to see those things and understand them. And you know what? What scares me about our culture, and I don't mean our culture out there. I mean the culture in here is we keep trying to move the lines or redraw the lines. And God's like, nah, bro, those were for good and for real and eternal. And it's hard. Because sin, sin is, you've heard me say this, if you've been at very long, if you haven't been at ministry, I'm a, sin is fun for a little while. Again, y'all are like, this preacher says crazy things. <laughs> Come on, sin is fun for a moment. If it wasn't fun, you wouldn't have any hard time avoiding it. If sin was boring, you'd be like, you'd be holy forever. <laughs> But it's short-lived. And everything that God's deemed sin will eventually end in destruction in your life. And if you'll choose to make the exchange to see the eternal and value the eternal over the temporary, which is not an easy place to get to in your life, it'll radically change how you live. Because you know the moment of pleasure isn't worth the pain and shame that comes on the other side. And what you're sacrificing in the short term, God is going to honor in the long term. If you'll just continue to walk by faith. Proverbs eleven twenty eight: Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Exchange temporary for eternal. Final thing, exchange fear for faith. Verse 27. It says, by faith he left Egypt, 
not fearing the king's anger. Not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. See, Moses had two choices. To follow in faith what God has called him to which was going to have big consequences because he wasn't going up just against a nobody. He was about to push back against the most powerful force on earth, Pharaoh and his army. And it says in, this, in the moment when he had the decision to either be gripped by fear or move forward in faith, he had two choices. Well, I let the fear of what the king did, could do to me keep me from walking in faith in what God has called me to as we move forward. And all of us get in positions where we have to make that decision, right? We're okay, am I going to let the fear right now keep me from doing what God has called me to do, or am I going to move forward in faith? And you know what? It's a lot easier to give in to the fear. You know why? Because the fear, you can see it and you can feel it. Moses could see Pharaoh, the sharp spears, the, all the chariots, all the army. It's, easy to, it's easier to give into the fear instead of follow the faith because most often the fear is immediate and visible and the things of faith are yet to come and invisible. That's why it's easier to give into the fear because in the moment, the fear feels more real than the faith because it's tangible. You can see it. You can smell it. It's there. But Moses refused. It's amazing what fear will do to you. Out of fear, we put limits on what we will or won't do by faith. Can I, can I give you a piece of advice? Okay, cool. Be careful what you tell God you will never do. That's the laughter of people who've done it. I will never be a pastor. That's exactly what I told God when I was 17 years old when he called me to preach at 16. I will never be a pastor. Church people are mean, and preachers do not make any money. I will not be a pastor. I will never plant a church. That is too hard to start from nothing and try to build something. I will never serve in that church. I would never lead a life group. Oh, please say that because we need life group leaders. <laughs> and maybe if you say it, God would just call you to it. Be careful what you tell God you will never do because I've discovered that's exactly what he will call you to be a part of. But fear and it's, it, that's when we tell God those things. It's out of fear. God, I'll never because I'm scared, because I'm fearful. But can I just give you a piece of I mean, What God can do for you will always overshadow what the world could do to you. What God, when you walk by faith, what God will do for you will always overshadow what the world can do to you. And there's nothing the world can take from you that God can't give back. There's no wound that life can't deliver that God cannot heal. What you believe by faith is more real than what you see in the flesh. Don't live by fear. Live by faith. 
Moses did it, and he became legendary for it. And I feel like there are legends sitting all across this room just waiting for God to unleash something in your life if you would just find a way to consistently, boldly walk in faith. Because you know what's really, really, really cool? Look at Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. Referring to all this list of these legendary faith heroes, this is what the Hebrew writer says. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better, something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Do you see what the scripture says? That as awesome as all these things were, all these people, Abraham, Joseph, Noah, Moses, all these powerful, crazy, extravagant, bold things that all these people saw by faith, that they, they didn't experience anything compared to what we can experience now that we live on this side of the empty grave. So like if you've sat through this entire series thinking, Matt, that's awesome, but that's not what God does anymore. That's great, but living to that level of bold faith is just not, it's just not how it works anymore. Can I just say, the Hebrews writer is saying, take that. Because God has something better for us, even than what they experienced, because we get to live on the other side of Jesus and the cross and the empty grave, and you get to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, infused into your body, mind, and spirit. And what you can do, empowered by Him, is greater than you can even understand if you will just have the courage to stop being gripped by fear and start living by Faith, would you stand with me? You ready? Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Can I challenge you to live by faith? Faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. There are people in this room, you've sat here for the last four weeks, and you've heard about faith, and you've been challenged by, about faith, and you've been pushed, and you've, you've heard all these awesome stories in Scripture and what it looks to live by faith. But guess what? It's time to act. We didn't do this series just for the last four weeks so that you could soak it up and not change. Make the exchange that Moses made and live by faith. Step into your identity and live it out. Stop focusing on the temporary and see the eternal reward that God has for you. No longer let fear be what dominates your life. Step forward in faith. God has something better than what you've been living. And you know how you get it? By faith. And when you step into it, the beauty and wonder that God will unleash in your life is more than you can understand. So as we worship this morning, whatever you need to do, however, whatever decision you need to make, if you need to come and, and kneel and pray, or if you need to grab somebody around you, ask them to pray over you, would you just do some work as we worship this morning? Step in to a life of faith. Let God unleash the beauty and wonder of who He is as you walk, trusting Him, believing in Him, and knowing 
that he is God. Father, thank you for challenging us once again by your word. And Lord, we pray that now that as we worship you, that you would just continue to speak into the lives of the people in this room and help us to see your face and experience your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.